Hey everybody, we at Podgave Rock and Roll Do You want to make it clear that we don't mean any offense by our comments, critiques, or opinions. We're not music critics, just buddies that use talking about music as an excuse to hang out. Also, our language is intended for adult ears. Enjoy! Cause I'm in the shit house Wish I played in a rock and roll band Somebody give me a dollar bill So I can pass out So for Mother's Day, you're, what what meats are you smoking, Kevin? Uh, I'm gonna do a couple of tri tips, and I'll probably have a chicken on there. That's really just for for our own personal use that week. But tri tip <laughs> will use be Jim. for uh, <laughs> yeah. Tri tip will be for entertaining. The secret stash. Your own personal poultry. <laughs> it's not that it'll be hidden. It's just not gonna be ready while everyone is ready to eat. Is my my guess. My guess. Is this your first stab at tri tip? No, no. Tri-tip's kind of a go-to. It's nice because it'll, uh, you know, you have it in at like 250 or so for hour and 20, and it's usually like pretty much done, and then you do a little reverse sear on the stove and um, get yeah. kind of the crust nice. kind of baked in and, and, and crystallized. Question. Uh, and it's, it's very good. <laughs> Has anyone ever had bad tri-tip? I, I never have. It's always have. come through. It can be dry. Yeah, it can dry out, but I, I think for me, yeah, I actually try to, we try to eat a lot of it on the first day and then freeze, freeze whatever we don't eat and just like defrost as you eat it. And that, it goes further that way. I agree if it's, if it's, uh, if it's fresh from that day, can't really go wrong, but if you let it sit, it, it's, it's not as good as some other meats. Are you like a, a grill nerd? Like, are we working with like an egg or a, tra- a Traeger or you just you know, uh, it's whatever. Just, it's you, a Weber Smoky Mountain, which um, okay. I really like it. It's very analog. It's very just like get some charcoals going and start a fire. <laughs> and and then you put the meat in and you close it and then you adjust some vents and you just check it every 20 minutes. Like, yeah, a lot of the Traegers and whatnot have, you know, a lot of temperature gauges going at all times. And that certainly makes it easier. But like, it's fun to just play with fire all day, too. So that's what I like with the Weber. Is it charcoal or charcoals? Because I, I have no idea. But like when you said that, I was like, I've never heard charcoal well, with an S. You buy a bag of charcoal. You don't buy a bag of charcoals. But they're coals. You, you're you're moving aren't. around the coals. I think it's... While you're... Yeah, it, it can go either way. Bag of charcoals. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get... I'm flooded with... What is, what is the plural of charcoal is answered by Word Hippo. <laughs> Word Hippo says... Charcoal. The noun charcoal... The noun charcoal can be countable or uncountable. It's a murder of coals. So it it coals and coal work. Yeah. Well, I will tell you while you're grilling, and I might even do this myself because I'm going to be boiling some crawfish for the first time this weekend for the Canelo Alvarez fight. And I I texted a buddy of mine because I'd never done it, and I was looking online. I kind of know how to do it. and, And I was like, hey, man, I should put some mushrooms in this, right? And he's like, you don't put mushrooms in that crawfish bowl? you are not allowed to call yourself a Mississippian. But the, none of the online recipes, he said, that's because nobody knows how to do it like we do. In, yeah, in elite, elite Mississippian. <laughs> elite. We got, the, we got the recipes that aren't on the internet. <laughs> it's been rebranded. It's called The Sip now. Uh, <laughs> the Sip. But while I'm doing it, I may put on the Wilco, like kind of out of nowhere. I heard a new Wilco song two weeks ago on my release radar. And I was like, damn, this sounds good. 
and it's very country and it's very like reminiscent mm. of AM in mm. ways and I love it. It, it. It's such a great sound. They really know how to do that kind of I almost consider them more alt country like them to be the founders of like alt country more than anyone else. I guess it's called cruel country. Yeah. Cuz we're we live in a cruel country. Um it is uh like you said, has that country AM sound, but it's also much more polished. It's even more country. Like in that one song, Falling Apart, yeah, they definitely lean into like the classic country licks, but it's yeah. got a little Wilco flair. It's cool. Yeah. Kevin, are you a Wilco guy or no? Uh, yeah, Wilco. I love Wilco. Um, I didn't realize they had a new album out, so I haven't heard it, but I, like, I love AM. I love Summer Teeth. Uh, their early albums are, are awesome, so to hear the, re- the return to AM is... Uh, that's exciting. I feel like they continue to put albums out. They've been consistent, but they've also kind of consistently sounded uh, like kind of Sky Blue Sky era yeah. of Wilco. It's just sort of their their like middle age era. But if they're going, if they're trying something new, I, I'd be excited to check it out for sure. Yeah, they're, they're getting their, they're good. They're getting into their outlaw phase. You know, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I do prefer the Sky Blue Sky creative rock and roll to their their country folk attempts. Because it just I all mean, bleeds into one big Wilco song. But Sky, Sky Blue Sky is yeah. the best of that. But well, no, and, sure. and Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, I mean, is their best. And that yeah. kind of came right before that. But yeah, it just seemed like they, they kind of got in a groove and stayed there. And I, I've, I've kind of dipped in and out of, the, of that groove the last, last decade um, or two. So, Kevin, since this is your last pod with us for uh, oh, this shit. run. Am I being fired? Laid off. Laid off. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we don't have the money to pay you at this time. Furloughed. <laughs> so we're going to have to let you go. Yeah, yeah, furloughed. That's a better way to put it. All well, right. We'd like to ask our guests, do you play a music in- musical instrument? Oh, I mean, I noodle around on the keyboard a little bit. You know, I started learning a few years ago. Um, so yeah, that's the, that's the only thing I'll like currently play. Yeah. Really just, I mean, simple stuff. Do you have like a favorite song you like that you've learned that you like to play over and over again? <laughs> Probably the best song that I could play would be like when the saints go marching in. Nice. <laughs> yeah, nice. Fun, so you're, you're still in that phase. Usually. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, 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 that was just the most fun. No, I, I can play, you know, listen, I can play a few, Rock and play version a few of links, licks, but I want to, I want to get the room moving. People like that song. Yeah. I also like little to play experimental. a little uh, jing- Jingle Bells. Nice. Um, that's another... You want to swing. another big hit. Yeah. Well, Mary had a little lamb every now and then. You got to uh, get into... I, the condescension's just dripping from your voice. I see I see why you <laughs> saved this for the third one. Well, Kevin... Some, some twinkle, twinkle in there. You go twinkle, twinkle, into Mary, back into twinkle, into the Saints Go Marching In encore. You got to get, uh, get into some Booker T, man. I got you that album a while yeah. back when you started playing piano for that purpose. Damn it. He's good. He's, he's good. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was fun, by the way. Definitely invite amateur musicians on and just roast them for not being good at playing music. That's a really I was great not thing. roasting you. I was not roasting you. We, we've touched on, we've touched on the, the, the beginner stuff because it's all, even for me, when I, when I learned how to play guitar when I was young, it was, there's like the certain songs that they give you. It's like Twinkle, Mary Had a Little Lamb. Saints go marching in is kind of like your step up, like in the in the beginner books. Just point that out. I was doing more of a fish riff on the the set list of beginner players. Kevin. Yeah, you were kind of like it was like a mashup of multiple forms of just being a dick. <laughs> your mom was so bad at keys. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I apologize. I did not mean it to be that dickish. So, but anyway, we do like to uh, touch on one thing on this uh, podcast when it happens every year, and that is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So, this year the nominees were uh, released this week, and they are Lionel Richie, Dolly Parton, The Eurythmics, Duran Duran, Carly Simon, Eminem, first first ballot, and Pat Benatar. I think it's a solid class. There's no like complete legends, but it's it's a pretty good lineup of uh, some serious talent. Uh, no complete legends. Dolly Parton? Well, sorry. Yeah, I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, well, I just rock legends like Zeppelin or something like that. But you're right. You're right. Sure. Dolly wasn't. She tried to turn it down. Yeah, at first she said she like tried to take her name out of it. But I don't know why. I don't know if she said she wasn't rock and roll or or, or what. Yeah, but. I think she just like didn't want to. She didn't want to take the stage away from people who you know more specialize in rock and roll, I suppose. And they were like, "No, you're the only reason anyone's gonna watch." Please. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I mean, so you think people are gonna watch uh, for her over Eminem? I would say I would say Eminem rivals her just in national. Name recognition. Oh, man. I feel like the the Venn diagram between, like, people who care about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and who care about Eminem is, like, I don't think there's really any overlap. And those who have HBO. Yeah, only, like, a boomer really cares about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I mean, am I wrong? (laughs) Um, I I don't know. I don't know. Since they've been inducting, like, artists that are kind of, all came out with music while we were alive. I don't know if that's changed or not. I usually you know, fast I mean, forward through the uh, kind of find the good parts on the HBO special. I usually listen to the musical performances. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll go yeah. to the HBO thing and listen to the music. All right. Yeah, I, I don't and sit some, down with popcorn and like appointment viewing. Be like, oh, here we go. You guys ready? I don't think I don't think Dolly does either. <laughs> frankly, I think she was just like, yeah, she didn't need it. Yeah, and the funny thing, Judas Priest is uh, the second band to receive the award for musical excellence, the E Street Band being the first. <laughs> wow. Well, on, on that note, you were listening to Pod Gave Rock and Roll to you, and this week we are talking about Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band's Thunder Road from their 1975 album Born to Run. Written by Bruce Springsteen and produced by Bruce Springsteen, John Landau, and Mike Appel. Or Apple, I don't know. And released on Columbia and Sony. The screen door slams, Mary's dress sweeps. Like a vision she dances Yeah, Thunder Road, uh, classic, classic song of the road. It's, uh, you know, it evokes that freedom and romance of the road. And it's uh, it's a call to action from a master storyteller and a man of pure, unbridled New Jersey charisma. <laughs> He's got the CTA call to action. Oh man, yeah. uh, <laughs> I had kind of a journey this week with this with this one. I you know I I first heard this when I bought Born to Run when I was like twenty, anywhere somewhere between eighteen and twenty two. I don't know, just because I wanted to kind of dive into Springsteen and I felt like I should. It, appreciate him more than I did, I think, but it, I, it didn't catch at the time. You know, I, I, I really loved the song Born to Run, but I just didn't care for the rest of the album. And the same thing when I first listened this week to Thunder Road, I, I just didn't hear the appeal. And 
you know, after a few more listens, like I, okay, okay, the lyric is exceptional, but I did do find it a little muddied by the production. Could also be his kind of mumbling uh, style of singing. But I realized when I was listening to the covers and like the live versions that it's inarguably a, a, a really good tune. But the studio version just doesn't do it for me. It's there's almost like too much going on around like a well-written American trope, and you know, which is as you mentioned, Kevin, the open road. Maybe that's the point. No direction. But I, but for me, you know, the beginning and the outro are fantastic, and the middle I don't care about at all. <laughs> so it's about time I gave this song a good listen. I mean, I'm a huge Bruce fan. But this one was never really in my wheelhouse. I guess I've just stuck to the radio hits. You can give me shit for that or not. But it was it's funny, like I almost feel like Thunder Road is always that one that people are like, but Thunder Road though, man, that's the one. That's the one. <laughs> and I'd never really listened. I mean, I'd listened to it, but never really dove in like I did this week. And I really do I like it. It's not it's not my favorite Bruce, but I do I realize why it's so important. And I didn't. I definitely didn't realize this was '75. This style of song, I, I thought it was like maybe late '70s, early '80s, and it definitely transports you into the '70s. It's so visual. You can see all this stuff he's talking about. Mm-hmm. You can see the clothes. You can see the shag carpeting. You're definitely watching it through a '70s yeah, film yeah, lens, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's a filter on there, and it's it's very emblematic of just what Bruce is. It's almost like a it's almost it almost represents everything because it starts soft and then they have the big coda at the end and there's there's almost everything Bruce is is in this song and I think that's the way it was written too I mean it's it seems like he kind of this was a bunch of different ideas that he kind of put all together into one you can kind of hear that it's just like him just spitting out everything he thinks about that age and just yeah. hitting the open road I I really I think I love it more after this week. Um, it's still not super high on my Bruce Power rankings, but that's okay. <laughs> For me, it's got to be number one. I really Bo- Born to Run is so it's good. a great song for what it is, but that's where Bruce kind of gets almost you know a little schmaltzy, I think. And I don't believe it. I don't believe that he and Wendy in Born to Run are actually gonna run. Like they're stuck. Whereas in Thunder Road, there's <laughs> there's the chance that he and Mary are actually going to leave. And what I love about the song is I love the lyrics as well. Just, there's just so many images. There's so many images that you just like. I mean, it opens with the screen door slams, which is the image and the sound of that. And then Mary's dress waves like a vision, like a vision she dances across the porch as the radio plays. And... You're yeah. seeing that, and then you're saying, hey, that's me, and I want you only. You're seeing Bruce, and, and he's making this desperate plea and it's both you know a plea to her it's a plea to the listener and it's in that same vein as you know like a rolling stone it's just such a inspiring and heartfelt song and and kind of that's a a good comp yeah and he he almost dylan to me is all it's all kind of intellectual like it's all in his head almost but springsteen is you know hard on his sleeve and he kind of takes the storytelling of dylan but adds that kind of you know, pure heart on the sleeve quality to it. Yeah, Dylan kind of gets into like this otherworldly space sometimes. Like you said, it's very intellectual. While Bruce is very, very American, this song is very USA, USA. 
and it, 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 even Le- like Rolling Stone's a great comp, but it, it almost reminds me of like more of like Merle Haggard and maybe like Abilene by Waylon Jennings, just songs about the road. And, you know, one of the most impressive things about this, he's telling a story that has been told over and over and over and over again, a very American story. And he's doing it in a completely original way to his specific location that, that you know, people can relate to. And the one-liners are outstanding yeah, in the song. Yeah, from, yeah. I mean, there's so know. many great lines. It's Kevin, and, I, you, yeah. you brought up a good point. Like, you, you believe him in Thunder Road. You don't believe him in Border Run. But... At the same time, that is a good point, but at the same time, I think, in my mind, Born to Run is just the better version of Thunder Road. Like, they're very similar songs, very similar themes. Born to Run is more of a uh, cohesive pop song. Yes, and I, I don't want to get away from the lyric just yet. I think this song is kind of, like Neil mentioned early, from a production and musical and structured side, it's not as well thought out as Born to Run. Born to Run's like this perfect kind of rock and roll pop song that's, yes, lyrically, it's not as believable as this. This is a very gritty kind of, you know, bootstraps, whatever, bullshit, middle, you know, working class, blah, blah, blah. It's just a very believable story of two people that, you know, have a chance to 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 get on the road and anything's possible because yeah and just a real quick point josh you mentioned it it's just this studio version like this song i kind of fell in love with it today live like it's so much better live just hearing it um because it is a good song it's very like you said great lyrics and really cool but just for some reason the way it was produced it doesn't have the punch that i'm looking for well, it seems like we're, we're going to head into the, the song itself, like the, the other aspects of the song, but I want to just get, we mentioned the one-liners. Kevin, what's your favorite in the song? Oh, well, I'm going to start with my least favorite just because I have to bring <laughs> it up, which is, uh, um, which is I got this guitar and I learned how to make it talk. And then it's like the worst oh guitar my God. solo you've You've got to give us more. I can't believe that part. Like, no, you didn't. Yeah, but uh, he, no, he follows didn't. it up with, my car's out back if you're ready to take that long walk, which is a great line. I mean, every line is great. Every line where it's either something that he's saying to her or it's an image that he's describing. You guys knock the production. I, I really like, call me simple, I really just love, you know, roll down the window and let the wind blow back your hair. And the music kind of kicks in at that point. And then, you know, it's this image of you're actually on the road. That, to me, just blows me away. But there's so many, there's just so many great lyrics. Actually, my number one, my number one is uh, the skeleton frames of burned out Chevrolets. Um, that's just such an awesome image. Yeah. The song is so car centric. It is. <laughs> and it I mean, should be. Bruce, Bruce brought up cars all the time. You know, I don't know if you guys have been to like South Jersey or, you know, down by the shore, but like he, he grew up in Freehold, which is a little bit inland from, uh, from the Jersey shore. And you know, you, it's a very kind of believable image. The dusty beach roads and the burned out Chevrolets. Like, that's the sort of thing you might see driving kind of off the beaten path down there. Or, you yeah. know, probably any town, USA. But, like, specific to his area, there's just, yeah, there's so much greatness I, I mean, in this. I think the one, the most memorable, like, my brother's senior quote was, a town full of losers and I'm pulling out of here to win. I doubt my brother yeah. had ever heard this song. That's you know, So that's I think really that's good. the lyric that people kind of gravitate to, to towards the most. I think the best line in this is the uh, 
uh, and really the best lyric from the screen door slams all the way to which is I think you ain't a beauty but hey you're all right I think that's just yeah. a fantastic and that's the line that right that there. is actually well, the line that people cite the most is that you ain't a beauty but hey you're all right that's the line that lives forever ah, in the song okay yeah. my um, but that from the beginning up until that it, 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 I mean that is just fantastic writing oh yeah the the, the rest of it is good and it's really good but it just i think that's where the the melody and the production starts losing me a little bit yeah my favorite part is right before the you in a beauty but hey you're all right uh we're not young anymore show a little faith yeah there's magic in the night it's a it sets it up and then i mean i do love you in a uh you in a beauty but you're all right but it's a little it's a little kind of takes me out of it a little bit why i'm just like just like bruce is just like I don't know, doing some girl a favor, like, ah, oh, whatever, you fucking five, yeah. let's go. <laughs> no, so it t- you take it that way the first few times, but I think after you, you kind of get comfortable with the song, I do think he's he's making a joke. He realizes he's out here on his knees basically begging. And okay, so you're saying like, she is beautiful, and it's kind of, uh, it's funny. Because, yes. Okay, okay. Yeah, he's okay. like, have a little humility, and like, come with me, and you know, you've been rejected by all these guys, or you've rejected them, I don't know which it is, but he talks about the exes a lot in this, and kind of different suitors. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's just trying to say, hey, like, you know, yeah, settle, well, settle. <laughs> girl, like, it's a good point. For a girl that's uh, not a beauty, there's a lot of haunted kids from her uh from her youth in the end where why are all these yeah. kids so haunted by this fucking girl that's just all right so <laughs> yeah. i think your point rings true it's interesting you know the maybe we ain't that young anymore line he actually wrote that when he was 24 and he's been asked about that and basically, his explanation—he, um, you guys should check out the VH1 storytellers if you get the chance. He, he uh, told some pretty interesting ones. But uh, basically, his explanation for that was it was post-Vietnam, so none of us were that young anymore. Eh. Essentially, how he put it. Yeah, um, that, make, that makes sense. That mindset. But I, you know, I think it's if you think of Born to Run as kind of like this. You know, it's midnight and you're out on the town, and and that's kind of this like jubilation, kind of ecstasy at night, and. Thunder, Thunder Road is like the next morning. It's kind of in the cold, harsh light of day. Like, are you, you know, are you going to hit the road, basically? Um, you, you, you still got it in you, or you want to sleep it off a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, although he does say magic in the night, so maybe it is the night. I think so, because at the end of this, when they when they go into the to the outro at the end, that seems like, all right, they've, yeah. they've gotten into the magic, and well, they're having yeah. a good time yeah, now. Absolutely. Um, they're definitely, it's but dusk when they're on the porch, for sure. And the song travels into um, the night. Yeah. But moving on from the lyric, we've talked about that enough, I think. Now, let, let's get to the melody a little bit, because I think this is where the song gets a little jarbled for me, especially in the studio jarbled. recording. Yeah, garbled. Garbled. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> jarbled. Jumbled. I think I was hold, thinking hold jumbled. Hold on a second. I, hold on. Hold on. I think there's something going on with my garage band. Garage. Uh... <laughs> Zing. So the the melody throws me off because as he mentions early, he, he's going throwback to last week, Roy Orbison, only the lonely shout out. It it this is a very Orbison esque because there's really no set pieces in this again. There's not like A A B A A B A A B. It's like A B C D E, and maybe there's some like repetitive chord progressions in there somewhere, but there's no 
repetitive verse chorus. I mean, if Thunder Road is the chorus, it's like two lines and it, it's once. Yeah, and it's only once. So, yeah. It's just hinted at, yeah. Yeah, it's like three minutes in too. So my problem with the melody is this. The beginning is great when it's him singing over a piano and you really can hear the melody and you can hear what he's saying. And then when the band comes in, it's almost like they're building without soaring. Like, whereas in Dreams kind of soars. And I know it's not maybe right to compare it to that, but I think that's what he's going for somewhat in here. And I think when they get to the town full of losers, that's supposed to be like, yeah, let's do it. Fist up. You know, the spring, what you think about when you think about Springsteen is like, yeah. And <laughs> one, two, three, four. <laughs> it, it just doesn't hit for me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of out at, from the, for the uh, last minute. The end, I've been out. the end doesn't hit for you? No. I, oh I think God. the melody just falters there. In you the, got to show a little faith, Josh. There is magic in the night. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't like the melody from from after the after the end once the band kicks in i'm kind of like eh. no when the band kicks in that's what it's all about that's what i'm like there you yeah. are bruce that's that's what i wanted um and that's actually my, my favorite part of the song is the instrumental at the end um i just so love good. that i love that line so um saying the instrumental ending i like i i, I love uh, that part the, got it. The, be- the beginning and the outro love it well it's it, it it's long it's a long story that is just building towards that end i mean i i get a little bored in the middle too i like i really had a good time actually just sitting and reading the words while i was listening because there's so much going on for me to compute all that and then i was like ah this is really nice you know listening without looking at the words i'm like okay let's get to that let's just move past the the melody and the and the thing into the music so when the band kicks in like what what are the standouts for you guys musically well as always the bells he's always got them bells (laughs) Um, them heavy bells i mean it's the bells and the sax and i mean the rest of it's just i mean the guitar doesn't really do a ton i mean it's it's high in the mix but um yeah, it's all about the the sax and the bells and just like the 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 classic Bruce production. Well, I, I love a good a good harmonica intro, um, and this, this yes. song has one, so I'm a yes. fan of that. We already we previously discussed the guitar talking and how it didn't oh, really God. talk enough. Come on, <laughs> so, dude. <laughs> uh, Total agreement there. <laughs> the outro for me, yeah, yeah. I like the harmonica intro as well. Um, it sounds like Neil Young, the way he's playing it. Absolutely. And he said he wanted to give off the effect of almost like a rooster crowing, like you're waking up. Mm. You know, that that would play, that harmonica intro could play over like the beginning of a movie when it's like panning across fucking field or South Jersey. It is. And with the sun coming up. It's crazy, too. It seems like the tempo is all over the place in this song sometimes, too. Even the beginning, the piano starts to speed up as he comes in. And then it's like there's like there's a lot going on here. They're just kind of. The, the piano is too frenetic for me in this song. And I realized that when I listened to it. And when I listened to the Born to Run album today, I was just like, I don't know if I love the production. Like when the E Street Band is produced with him, I, I, I don't love it. I mean, there's, they, they, they can hit really high highs, but when I listen to a whole album, I'm like, oh, God, stop. 
I need more guitars. I need less piano. I'm fine with the horns. He does the bum, 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 like the da, 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 just way too much, I think, in his songs. It, it, it almost becomes cheesy after a while to me. I, it's a product of the era. I mean, it's mid seventies, you know, are you, are you choosing, are you, are you rocking with Bruce or you're rocking with Neil Diamond? <laughs> oh, I'm rocking with Neil Diamond. Yeah. And if you, like I said in the beginning, if you contextualize this song in 75, it definitely does. Um, it's, it's pretty advanced for 75, just the whole sound, all that. First of all, we, we always list. So Bruce's guitar, vocals, harmonica, Gary talent is bass. Max Weinberg on the drums. Roy Batan on keyboards. Glockenspiel makes another appearance, Neil, mm-hmm. uh, in backing vocals. Mike Appel on backing vocals. Steve Van Zant backing vocals. And Clarence Clemens on tenor saxophone. Silvio Dante. It's every, time, every time I watch a live E Street, it still cracks me up, seeing him up there with the, the do-rags oh. and fucking... He's so good. <laughs> but the, the song is produced by Springsteen, John Landau, and Appel. And supposedly Landau kind of stepped in because he had a good relationship with Bruce. He was a former Rolling Stone writer. And basically, he kind of made his career off that and being the producer for Bruce Springsteen. And uh, Appel got so pissed about it, they kind of had a big falling out, and this led to the three years where he didn't record anything because he wanted to get out of his record contract. And I don't love the production. I don't think he did a good job, and, and the sole reason is because the live version sounds so fucking killer. I just don't know how you could take I mean, maybe they developed that after this was recorded because you can watch a live version from 75 when this came out at Hammerstein, uh, which is a great video. But, but it's just him singing over the piano. It's fantastic because the band didn't know the song well yet. There's some little bells and glockenspiel in there too in that Hammerstein. But it's yeah, it's very yeah. just stripped down, and that's where you, that's that was the most fun I had with that song today, watching that video because it's just classic Bruce in that ridiculously big toboggan, leather jacket, beard, earrings, just screaming. I felt this story so much more in that, and I even read something where he originally the the album was going to begin with him doing an acoustic version of this song. And then the last song on the album was going to be the band version of this song. And for me, the lyric is so important to this song that I think they try to take this kind of singer-songwritery almost... almost, I mean, this could be a ballad, and they try to make it this anthemic thing that... And it doesn't work for me. I mean, it does live, but it doesn't work in the studio. You're completely wrong, though. (laughs) It works great. It works. It works amazingly. I mean, it's an awesome song. It's a classic. Yeah, I mean, the the world is a the world is against us in some ways, Josh. I wouldn't change a thing. The the the, the, the New Jersey native has spoken. I will <laughs> shut my mouth. Well, listen, I didn't I didn't grow up I didn't grow up listening to Bruce though because he uh, they weren't really very they weren't active at all in the '90s. Pretty much, uh, Bruce and the E Street Band. So I'm kind of part of a lost generation. Uh, so that's why we, we in the lost generation of, of New Jerseyans, we, we defend him even, even more than, than our 80s oh brethren. Oh, my goodness. This song, as we usually mention, 111 on Rolling Stone's Top 500. One of the highest. Not the highest, but one of the highest we've done on their Surprising. 500. Is it before yeah, is right? Born to Run on there? I don't know. I didn't look. As far as a video goes, there, there's really just the, Kevin. Did you watch any of the live videos? Oh yeah, I watched a few of the live, the live ones. Uh, it's it's pretty cool. I mean, just 
seeing how much energy the man brings to every performance, uh, you know, throughout the decades, he kind of almost peaked in his 50s. He really, like, <laughs> yeah. just kills it on stage. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Well, quick question for y'all, because we didn't touch on the vocal. And for me, I think, Neil, or Kevin, you were saying this about the live videos. He's super passionate. It's raspy. I mean, it's just Bruce. It's not a great voice. It's not a terrible voice. I don't love it. I don't hate it. It is what it is. But the passion he brings, you know, makes it something. Are you like a huge fan, or you just kind of put up with it because he's such a good songwriter, or what? Big fan. I mean, it can it can go over the top. Like sometimes, even listening to versions of this when he's slurring a little too much and leaning into the accent, I like when it's just raw and he's not kind of doing the character version of himself. Sometimes. Oh, love it. Yeah. It's the best thing. Okay. One of the best parts. Well, everyone's in such a loving mood. I think it's time we vibe. And uh, Kevin, do you want to do you want to cue the vibe this week? Are you going to pass again? Wait, how do I cue the vibe? You got to make a vibrator noise. Just or a motor or anything. Or a motor. Just make a motor noise. That's air conditioning. Fan. Super dumb. I'm not going to do that. (laughs) All right. Cue the music in three, two, one. Uh, all right and that's and that's how we enter the vibe time portion of this pod kevin when do you want to hear thunder road oh my god you're serious we we do it every episode (laughs) it's a driving song obviously i want to hear it driving and that's that yeah what about you i'm gonna go with like it's either a sex on the porch or sex on the hood car no man song um uh no i i go at a live show i'd like to hear this because i think that's the best version of it or with when i'm with uh call back to neil from earlier or when i'm with a big bruce springsteen fan and he thinks he can convince me that like this is this is the song that's gonna show me bruce's genius and i listen to the beginning and i'm like this is fantastic and then i lose interest halfway through and i'm like let's just listen to born to run neil only live I'd love to hear him sing it live. I'd love to go to a Bruce show sometime. Um, and I think it'd also be good, just that Hammerstein or a good Bruce concert. It's good if you're having a party, just have the concert on the TV. I think that'd be a good move. I don't know if you could pull that off at any party. You'd have to know that the majority of people in there is Bruce. Well, it's not like not everyone's watching. The party's going on and Bruce happens this is, to be this singing is the on the barbecue. TV. the same barbecue. Earlier in the barbecue, <laughs> When the Circus Comes was on. And everyone, everyone was really reflective. And now yeah. they're ready to rock. Exactly. And, and then exactly. later, after a few whiskeys, in dreams. After a few whiskeys when you're sitting alone, in dreams. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, <laughs> and, and speaking of a few whiskeys, uh, that is going to bring us under the influence and uh, the influences of the song. Neil, why don't you get us going in this? Well, the one thing that this song reminded me of all day, I had this song in my head. Um, do you guys know the song Diana by Paul Anka? Oh, yeah. yeah. With the sax, and there's one specific line I think Bruce stole from that song where, like, in the uh, instrumental at the end where it goes, down, with the sax, it's exactly Diana. Uh-huh. I think this song is a brother to American Pie. Again, I brought up that song a couple times, but I think it's highly influential. And just overall, um, it gives me a little Dire Straits, kind of that uh, songwriter epic kind of feel. And once again, Meatloaf. Interesting. Once again, <laughs> once again Meatloaf yeah. makes it appear. Kevin, what, uh, what, what do you got? A good point to, uh, to point out 
he got the title from 1959 Robert Mitchum movie about uh, bootlegging gangsters and Thunder Road was sort of the bootlegger road, uh, real life bootlegger <laughs> road headed, headed to the south. Um, and yeah, he saw the movie. There's a lot of like sweet classic cars in the movie and I guess that inspired him. Um, and yeah, Bruce, uh, he named Bob Dylan as a big influence. He actually, um, you know, he, he name drops... Roy Orbison in this song, but uh, also on that Storytellers, he was talking about how he was listening to a ton of Roy during this, and, you know, he, he called it his own uh, pathetic attempt to try to try to match Roy. Oh, and nice. as far as who he influenced, I mean, it's, it's I think it's pretty staggering if you, if you really look at it, uh, you know, anyone from, like, The Killers, Arcade Fire, uh, they, they have a lot of springsteen moments, and then if you look at, like, any, I feel like any pop-punk band that ever tried to do a ballad is pulling from Bruce and just kind of <laughs> like the heart on your sleeve, you know, singing the pitch is less important than like passion, I guess, uh, kind of approach. We, we talking like My Chemical Romance? Uh, Probably. Black Parade. But, I mean, yeah, yeah, them, Green Day. Yeah, you know, I mean, good. I just think about like, you know, the guys from No Effects had a cover band, uh, Me First and the Gimme Gimmies, and they would cover all kinds of rock songs and pop songs. <laughs> And they cover, you know, I, I don't remember if they covered um, Thunder Road or Born to Run. Whichever one they did, it was, like, barely different from the original version. It was just, like, a little bit faster. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, it nice. has that attitude and that energy that punk had. And um, I think there was uh, a, little bit of, a little bit of influence there for sure. And then, and then yeah, you look uh, at the E Street Band. You've got Max Weinberg on TV for 20 years. And you got Lil Steven playing Silvio Dante on The Sopranos. So the, the web yeah. is wide. The web, the web is wide. Um, yeah, I mean, like we said, I mean, I think, I think obviously, the frontier, the the America, Kerouac, all that stuff yeah. in the fifties. That was kind of let let's go west. There's endless possibilities. The doo wop, obviously, you know, the band is is very is like a modern take on doo wop. You know, in the seventies, contemporary. For some reason, this song just sounds like it's a it's it's like a Skinner tune. In the north, basically, around the same time. Skinnered in the north. I, I think skin, <laughs> I, a northern Skinnered. I do want to say one more thing um, that he, that uh, Springsteen said um, in his speech inducting Bob Dylan to the Hall of Fame, which that's kind of crazy. It's a crazy honor that he was asked uh-huh. to, to induct Dylan. He was also asked to induct U2 um, and Jackson Brown. But he said that Like a Rolling Stone uh, kicked, he said the opening snare from Like a Rolling Stone kicked open the door to his mind was uh that's kind of how he put it and and uh and that high, the highway 61 album kind of was mm-hmm. what inspired him as a teenager so nice I, I can i can definitely see that um just structure wise and stuff and moving forward i mean dolls is a mm-hmm. as much of a springsteen wannabe band as, mm. as you can get mm-hmm. just with not as good lyrics or songs and speaking of dolls and wanting to be like springsteen uh, I think it's time we slip under the covers and, and talk about the covers of this song. I'll start this off. A couple live versions. Live at MSG, very good. The Hammerstein one, very good. Live at Wembley, very good. I, I, I stopped. I was just like, okay, I, I'm just going to assume that all the live ones are good. I, I, the energy's great. I love how he gets the, the whole crowd sings on the, uh, the once it starts with the we're not that young mm-hmm. anymore. And the only two other ones I heard were Sarah Watkins does a, a ukulele cover, which is exactly what you would expect, but it's a good song, so it sounds good. 
And then Matt Nathanson did a live version that's basically like a re- he basically just reads the lyrics and picks at a guitar and it sounds really good. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of I di- I didn't really want to hear too many covers, ah. but I, the one that I found was uh, Counting Crows kind of incorporates it into Oof. Rain King Rough. in their live Rough. their live performance. They, and they, it's they like, was so oh, glad I didn't hear that. And he doesn't really like he he knows that he can't sing it with the feeling. That so Bruce he just does. kind so of he, like makes it a it's joke. Kind of, it's kind of ironic. Yeah, yeah it's mm. yeah. So you know your move, Josh. Good luck. Yeah, I lasted about five <laughs> seconds on the Counting Crows version. And I don't want to hear anyone but Bruce do this either. Like, I think the song in general is universal, but it's it's also it's very, very specific. Very specific. Him, yeah. 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 I did find Court, Chris Cornell doing it, just oh. alone, acoustic, which he's well qualified. It was yeah. cool. It wasn't a great video, but it's, it's the same one I was watching. Um, he did A Day in the Life, which we did before. I was kind of like, oh yeah, yeah. I almost learned how to play it on acoustic. Yeah, same show. And I listened to a Cowboy Junkies version that I thought I might love, but I was Ah. mistaken. I was mistaken. It wasn't. (laughs) I mean, it was fine. It just wasn't. It didn't have that Uh. sweet Cowboy Junkie mystery sound to it that I was looking for. And I also found this weird version. It said Billy Joel doing it, but it was an awful recording on a low voice. I couldn't tell (laughs) if he was like making fun of Bruce almost because it sounded he's like, not that young anymore. <laughs> I mean, actually, that's a not a bad uh, Billy Joel uh, doing Bruce impersonation, Neil. I'm very, very yeah, proud of Yeah, I've been working on it for years. Uh, <laughs> um, well, Kevin, how does the shoe Sir? fit? I don't really know what kind of shoe this song is. So I'm going to say it fit... Like an excellent denim cutoff vest with no shirt on underneath. Ooh, yeah. uh, <laughs> Sometimes you gotta pivot. And, yeah, and that song, the song makes me feel the same pure power that that Bruce must feel when he puts on that denim vest. And now, is he, that denim vest dropping below the waistline, or are we are we going full probably crop. circle midriff? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of it's yeah no, crop. It's not, we're cropping. it's not a bare midriff, but it's crop. I mean, yeah, it's trimmed. It's a fringe. Crop. It's definitely trimmed to fit. It's trimmed. To fit. <laughs> it, it touches. It, it, it yeah. grazes. Okay. Yeah. Grace is uh, the waistline. But yeah, it fits well. Uh, you know, I I listen to the man, and uh, it makes me uh, it makes me proud to be a New Jerseyan. Bruce is a he's a great American, and right. uh, and I love I love his uh, the stances he's taken. He's just someone who he's so sincere in everything he's said. He's meant in his career, and he's the sort of person any anyone you ever ever talked to who's had a run in with him. It's like the most generous interaction they've like that you've ever heard of with a famous person and he just will just give you know a construction worker on the street just like 10 passes to the show that night and he just he actually kind of is that dude so uh props to bruce uh he's had a great career right on somebody pour some water on kevin (laughs) and cool him off neil neil how's your shoe fit it fits it fits like um the last pair of dress shoes you have when you're a teenager Probably warm mm. to the prom, to graduation, mm. and it's time to throw them out and hit the fucking road. Oh, get them. <laughs> uh, <and laughs> I'm going to say this shoe fits like an expensive, like flashy sneaker that folks like really, really admire and get into and pay a lot of money for. And they, But, uh, you know. It's an off-white, off-white sneaker. Off-white, it, it dropped on one of those special sites mm-hmm. that sell out in, in minutes. But I, I, just, I would... I can't be bothered. I would get so, the thunder. So wait, hold on. Bruce is a Bruce is a hype beast in this scenario. If, <laughs> if there were Thunder Road Air Force Ones, I'd go. Uh, yeah. 
Kevin, we're going to miss those zingers. Uh, and I just want to say from uh, Podgave Brock family that uh, it's been a it's been a pleasure having you the last three weeks. Ah, you guys. And um, this is fun. You've been a you've been a joy. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And, yeah, uh, Kevin, it's it been a pleasure. Like my graduation. I'll be sending you a monogram towel uh, this Ooh. week. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I'll remember that at five time. And uh, I'll make the noise by myself. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, Kevin, it was a fucking pleasure having you here, man. Um, I, I loved every minute of it, and I, I hope uh, you'll come back. Oh, I would love to. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, yeah, it's my first yeah. time uh, being on a podcast, and I got to do three episodes with you guys. And, and I thought we we went through three really excellent songs. I mean, there were a little more mixed opinions on the Thunder Road choice, but I think uh, all three kind of are in the, are in a certain pantheon. And, uh, and it was very cool to, to go through those and learn a lot from you guys. So it was good. Yeah. I, th- I think there was a, maybe not a solid thread, but there was a thread nonetheless. Yeah, I think so. And Roy Orbison singing for the yeah, lonely. It was I mean, a nice tie in there. Yeah, absolutely. And on that note, our cover of Bruce Springsteen's Thunder Road. The screen door slams, mirrors dress way. Lack of vision, she dances across the porch as the radio played. Roy Orbison singing for the lonely. It's me and I want you only. Don't turn me home again. I just can't face myself alone again. Don't run back inside, darling, you know just what I'm here for. So you're scared and you're thinking that maybe we ain't that young anymore Show a little faith, there's magic in the night You ain't a beauty, but hey, you're alright Oh, and that's alright with me You can hide beneath your covers and study your pain Make crosses from your lovers, throw roses in the rain Wish your summer praying in vain for a savior to rise from these streets. Well, I'm no hero that's understood. All the redemption I can offer, girl, is beneath this dirty hood. With a chance to make it good somehow. Hey, what else can we do now? Step roll down the window and let the wind blow back your hair. Well, the Busting open these two lanes will take us anywhere. We got one last chance to make it real. To trade in these wings on some wheels. Coming back, heaven's waiting on down the track. Oh, oh, oh come take my hand. Riding out tonight to case the promised land. Yeah, I know it's late, we can make it if we run Oh, Thunder Road, sit tight, take hold Thunder Road Well, I got this guitar and I learned how 
cover you just heard was performed by Josh Bond and Neil Marsh. Thanks for listening to Pod Gave Rock and Roll to you. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and rate on Apple, iTunes, and Spotify, or wherever you listen. If you'd like to communicate with us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram under the handle at Pod Gave Rock. Next week is Neil's week, so Neil, what will we be talking about? We're going to talk about the Ace of Spades by Motorhead. Damn wait! <laughs>